global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stocks are lower amid concerns that central bank stimulus is failing to boost growth while a weaker dollar spurred gains in commodity shares. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 down to tenths percent or about four points to 2023. Dow Jones Industrial Average down a tenth of a percent or 18 points to 17,306. And the Nasdaq's down four tenths percent or 18 points to 47.45. Ten-year Treasury up one thirty-second. The yield 1.90 Yield on the two-year, 0.85%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.9% or 71 cents to 39.17 a barrel. And COMEX gold is up 2.9% or $35.20 to 12.65, 10 an ounce. The euro, $1.1313. The yen, 111.58. Caterpillar, the biggest maker of construction and mining machinery, saying first quarter sales and profit will trail analyst estimates. It is moving higher this morning. It's up four tenths percent at $74.64 a share. Consumer sentiment in the U.S. climbing last week to a one-month high as Americans grew more upbeat about their personal finances. The Bloomberg Consumer Comfort Index rose to 44.3 in the period ending March 13th from 43.8 the prior week. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun, uh, but it's unfortunately about a serious topic. Everyone in New York City observes the restaurants, the challenges right now. We're going to dive into this with Peter Elliott uh, with his Bloomberg Reserve. I can't say enough about the straight talk of Bloomberg Reserve, really nationwide, indeed worldwide, about where to eat, where not to eat. It is so far away from all the foodie stuff. I can't stand Peter Elliott talking straight. This guy, first of all, he's made it in America because he's been on The Simpsons, which we know is is Tom Colicchio. If you've been on The Simpsons, it's downhill from there. He did Gramercy Tavern. Start by explaining the miracle that was Gramercy Tavern when it opened. Well, uh, thank. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mike. Um, um, yes, Tom Colicchio was was in here at Bloomberg this week, and we had just a one terrific when you get to catch up with old friends. Two, yes, I was even alive when Gramercy Tavern opened, nineteen ninety four. Yeah. It's extraordinary God, to think twenty two years. It's extraordinary to think how long ago, and it really was. I hate to use this word, but the word is seminal. It was. A seminal yes. New York restaurant, not just for Danny Meyer, who was his partner at the time, but also for Tom in the sense of, you know, what's wrong with cooking really good ingredients, really good vegetables, and not making it all so fussy? You know, it wasn't – the whole point of Tom Colicchio back in, and Kraft then was – and Gramercy – was that – it was American-style food, meat and potatoes, just done well. Could it open today? It absolutely could. Bring it could. forward in the fact, economics. The reason for the word of the use of the word seminal is is that some would argue that's what has become the American restaurant. The real interesting question is is that that creation of a restaurant that served really well-made, you know, steak or really well-made hamburger or really well-made apple pie is ultimately Shake Shack. You know, because what it, not everybody wants to have an expensive, ingredient-driven, Union Square Market-funded meal every single day when they just want a hamburger that's also made from ingredients that are slightly above average or more than above average. And that is definitely the trend of food in this country as we talk. I um, I suddenly want a hamburger. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. We'll order. <laughs> but uh, what does Mr. Colicchio think of the 
the trend in restaurants these days, uh, both on the food and business side? Well, I don't want to give it all away, of course, because I want you to get April's reserve, BloombergBriefs.com slash reserve, and you'll get the full, the full interview, um, with Tom, which was again, one of my, one of my favorite. But to, to put it in a nutshell, this is what he said. One, that folks like us, that is to say anybody above the age of 40, um, that the millennials will eventually transform the market nationwide and internationally to a time like Uber when you just think it's natural not to tip, but that we are a long, long way away from doing it. Tom introduced tipping, uh, non-tipping, excuse me, at, at Kraft, but that's not where the money is made. So he got into a very strong point about how at dinner time, when when servers do make their money, the 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 way the only way it can really work is for a guy like Tom, who runs multiple restaurants across the country, to up his. Uh, the wages of his workers to such a level as to basically make the economics of restaurants stop making any sense. Now, will it happen in time? Eventually it will happen in time. But right now, the wave across the country is very, very difficult to control because state rules are very, very different. That is to say what a wage, what a server makes in wage and is able to take as tax versus in New York versus any other state is just Byzantine, almost to the level of the alcohol business. Just tell me quickly, when Open Table came out, did you laugh? Did you go, this is preposterous? No, I didn't. But Open Table has also not done what, you know, it, it set out to do a very simple thing, which yeah. was telephone replacement. Um, it still doesn't an ideal in the world, or you and I ideal okay. in the world, I should say, of people who want much more than Open Table. And then table. to flash forward in an Uber environment, Seamless seems to be getting seamless traction. What does it mean for the restaurants? Do they like those orders when they come in? Um, all of the restaurants, I would say, mass generalization, but generally speaking, they all went from distrust to I don't really want to get involved in this to basically now most restaurants, even the mom and pops, have to take whatever guy or girl walks through their door and sells whatever product that they're selling. Every so digital they, product. Every digital product. Well, fine, we'll do it. Open table, fine. Table open, fine, we'll do it. Other table, up table, down table, side table, left, right, you name Have it. Have you done the, seamless where you I've done you seamless. Order I've done the web and... but, but they don't work for specific markets. That's why Kraft works for some markets. That's why right. Danielle works for some markets and why Shake Shack works for other markets. Right. You know, nobody wants, everybody wants what they want when they want it. Speaking of that, I, I want to go back to the hamburger thing because you got me thinking about it now. And the whole Shake Shack thing, uh, you know, we, we uh, watched with interest as they started expanding and uh, issued an initial public offering, and then uh, things seemed to go badly. How are how are they doing? They're doing uh, ups. They 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 will have their ups and they will have their downs. So you know the, the the great Chipotle scare at the moment has has definitely driven off. But actually, same sort of sales in fast casual restaurants have been up over the past quarter. So that is a good sign. Also, Danny, never underestimate the marketing power of Danny Meyer. They've just opened their first West Hollywood branch, and you would think it was the second you coming would be there. Yes. Um, there. So so that has certainly helped and bounced his stock up a little bit. I certainly wouldn't be nervous for for Shake Shack at this stage. Well, what's the Chipotle impact knock on on a the, chain like Shake Shack? Pay attention. The impact is pay attention. It is you know Jack in the Box probably bounced back a little bit quicker than what's happening here. This has been going on for nine months now, so they've not really been able to recover their market share. Something about you just don't know. 
Right. Uh, for all of the data, right. for all of the media, for all of the stuff, sometimes something sticks in a consumer's mind. On the other hand, I was in San Francisco last week, and there were lines out the door at Chipotle. But they're giving burritos away to get customers back, and they're not staying. Why, so, why does it affect Shake Shack? Uh, it affects Shake Shack because it affects Shake Shack. It affects Sweetgreen. It expects it, it uh, impacts anybody who makes food because you have to pay attention to an increasingly automated industry where you cannot control when one of those nasty critters comes up through your salad bowl. So you have to find ways to make sure that the same thing doesn't happen to you and knock your business flat. I want a Shake Shack for the bur- for the beef. I tell you, not for the excuse salad. me. We need an update, urgent surveillance update. Julia Moskin, five long years ago in the New York Times, on corned beef hash. Oh, it's that day. It always is Tom is Tom Keen always winds up with the end curveball question. Where, what where is, does Peter Elliott go when the craving is? I mean, there's there's great gourmet, well done right. corned beef hash. Is we need we need silence in the room because this is important. There is one of the last few true remaining great old-fashioned New York restaurants on Lexington Avenue. Back in the day when, you know, actresses lived on Lexington Avenue, and that's where they went to get their messages. Um, uh, nope, nope, sorry. Donahue's. Black, black vinyl booths. There are still people, if you're nice enough, you didn't hear this on Bloomberg Radio, if you're an old-timer, they'll let you smoke as long as you're, like, in the back alley. The waitresses are imported right from Ireland, and and the corned beef hash with an egg on top, man. The the kind of white lettuce on the plate, and the... It's just... It is just a priceless slice of New York. And whenever it's a bright, shiny day in New York, I go to Donahue's because I want to be in the dark. Do they let bow ties in there? They would let bow ties. They definitely let you in, because... the light is so, you know, it's so dark in there, they wouldn't be able to see you. So they think you were really the handsomest guy in town. Lexington and 64th. Lexington and 64th. That's, one of the within, great that's within end of surveillance walking distance. Why like Corey Johnson's slaving away. At 1130, you see guys at the bar still, you know, starting their first shots of the day. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's me and This is St. Patrick's Day, Peter. I oh, that's right. That's St. Patrick's there. Day. It's St. Patrick's Day. So the ladies at They're Donahue's, I have there. loved them all my life, and it's their corned beef. There rash. it is. Peter Helly is one. Where you travel to next, quickly? Where, where do I travel to next? I'm traveling to London. To London. Very good. That's a good thing. We'll see how it rolls. Uh, uh, Peter Elliott uh, with us on food. And and really, folks, for all of you nationwide, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 960 the Bay Area with Carol and Corey uh, coming up. Food economics, where we live it in New York, I think it's become global. This is a real issue, Mike. Yeah. Of yeah. how you make business. I, I, I'm starting to see fancy restaurants giving me $60 entrees. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I'm, no, they see you I mean, walk in the door <laughs> and they go, "All right, and, yeah." No, it only cost me 30, no, but, you know. <laughs> no, we'll take the chicken. Right. Well, there we are. Thank you so much. A great day. We got a Friday tomorrow uh, to digest the economics, finance, and investment of the week. Churning to the markets, the Dow negative two. We are produced by YUN Ken Fellio, our global technical director. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs> 